I am doing uh, resilience part two. I'm going to do a quick, uh, we're doing resilience. Uh, and we started the year really strong. And I was like, we're doing resilience. We're starting with resilience. And then next week, we're going to do resilience number two. Who was here for resilience? Uh, number one, perfect. It's a three-part series. This is how it was going to look. Has anyone ever heard that joke about how you make God laugh? You tell him your plans. And this was my beautiful plan. Does anyone remember this slide? And I was like, then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. And then what happened was I had COVID. And then that got changed over here. And then we had to do this. And then there was another thing that we had to change. Now we've had to change it over here. Now it's today. Does anyone else feel like their life looks like that sometimes? So I don't know where we are, but we're here. And we're going to do resilience, the second part, which is uh, the resilient Christian. We did resilient me. This week we're going to do resilient Christian. And at some point, I'm not going to put a date on it because who knows what happens. We will do resilient church. So today we're doing resilient uh, Christians. Our key verse is this, 2 Corinthians. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed remember we talked about the but nots this series is about the but not about the resilience part we talked about trees anyone remember the trees does anyone see what tree they are up there We talked about how all of these different trees, we've got Bible verses for them. You can find them on the Facebook page. We talked about that resilience is not an absence of the the wind, but it's the ability to withstand the wind. We talked that it's not about infallibility, but about flexibility. We talked about how it can define you. It can refine you. And we will do a little bit of crossover today. And we had the six steps. This is from our first week to help with personal resilience. And there's some of this that's going to be crossed over. But those were the, third, the six steps. Know that God loves you. Know that who you are. Christian resiliency comes from relational equity. Know your calling. Long-term resilience requires a measure of life balance. And number six, keep the main thing the main thing. We talked about how you have to trust and listen and then walk or stand firm. There was a calling to do both, either, either. The part two, I'm going to ask you guys something, and this is why I've got Hannah up here. I would ask that you be brave. I want to make a point today about resiliency. Resiliency is an interesting thing in that uh, resiliency, we all have to go through resiliency. So I'm going to ask you a question, and if you are brave enough, you do not have to, but if you're willing to try and make the point for others, and to be brave, would you be willing to stand up? My hope is, is that there will be a few people that stand up. Would you join me in standing when in the, in the context of resiliency? If you've ever had a major health issue, personally or with a family member, would you stand? Would you stand if you've ever lost a family member? Would you stand if you've survived a natural disaster? Would you stand if you've lost a parent or a child? Would you stand if you've had extreme financial hardship? 
Would you stand if you've been divorced or if you've gone through major marriage issues or lost a, fam- lost a family member's connection? Would you stand if you've lost a job or if you've ever been made redundant? Would you stand if you've been persecuted from your job as a Christian or in your family? And there's probably a thousand others. Can we just take a moment to look around? If I was a good singer, I would sing, You are not alone. I am here with you. (laughs) But I won't do that to you. See, here's the thing. Adversity does not discriminate. Everybody needs resiliency. And you are standing where you are today because you have been resilient. Give yourselves a round of applause. Encourage the person next to you and say, well done. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. All right. What I'd like to do is I would like to unpack. um, I've got a little bit of time today, but not too much. So I've got six thoughts on what it looks like to be uh, a a resilient Christian. And um, what I'm going to ask you guys to do is this. If you have a pad or pen, or if you have your phone, um, I would like you to do this. If you have your phone, I want you to grab your calendar app open. Open that up, or you can take a note, or you can write it on your diary. But what I want you to do today is simply this. Your job is to look in these one of six things for the one that you think you need further reflection on this week. So you're going to see, oh, point number four, that's probably the one for me. On Wednesday, I know that I don't have work, and so I, well, not until 12 o'clock, so I'm going to sit down at 10 o'clock. I'm going to put it in my calendar, reflect on point number four. Okay, this is what I want you to do. This is me trying to get you guys to do some reflection on some of these points. So your job is to simply look at the six points and see if you can find one that you resonate with. And then I'm going to encourage you to take that the next step and actually do some thought process with it. Is that cool? How many people love it when the pastor gives you homework? I see that hand. <laughs> All right. Point number one about a resilient Christian. We talked about resilient me, and we talked a whole bit about what it, what it means to, to have resiliency and why it's important. But now we're going to talk about Christians. And what I kind of mean by this is it's sort of the same thing, because you're saying, I am a Christian, Dre. But this is a little bit maybe what we look like to others as well, right? As a Christian, what do we, what do we look like to those people around us in our workplace, in our homes? Um, and this is some thoughts, some six points that I've sort of been mulling over for the last month or so. Number one is a resilient Christian is simply they're powerful. And the reason that they're powerful is because they are plugged into power. They are plugged into the power source. If you go through life and you're just pushed left and right and really struggling, I would maybe say it's because you just need a bit of top up of the power of God. When you are feeling that the uncreated creator of the universe, the almighty, the all powerful lives in you, speaks to you, loves you and directs you, that's a bit of a powerful feeling. It's encouraging. So number one, a resilient Christian is powerful because they're plugged into the power. John 15 verse 5 says this. It's a scripture I've used a lot. It's great. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me, being plugged into me, uh, he is the one that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I like this picture. <laughs> we need to be connected to the power source. Um, 
couple of years ago, we were visiting um, my uh, Lydia and Jeremy over there, who have moved down from Ohopo, which is just out of Hamilton. And Hannah and I went and visited them, and we were staying with a friend of theirs, staying in their house. And they gave us a car to use. And um, I'm not having a go at anyone that has this car, but I kind of am. <laughs> uh, it was a Nissan Leaf. Anyone here got a Nissan Leaf? I know some of you do. I see those hands. I'll pray for you later. Um, I'm a bit of a car guy, and I was always thought, oh, I'd like to get an electric car, because they're quite quick, or well, they can be. I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So we got given this car, and I was really excited about it, and I thought maybe we could get a Nissan Leaf. And this Nissan Leaf had a pretty dodgy battery, and so it said that it had 180-kilometer range, but it didn't. By the time you got out of Ohopo and heading into Hamilton, it said you had 120 k's. And where we were going on this day was 30 kilometers, because I just double-checked this morning. So 30 k's there, 30 k's back, 60. 60 take away from 180. We're all good. Except it wasn't. And it was just going down like this. And has it, I think there's like a, there's actually a, a thing called, what is it called? Um, it's like yeah, 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 a range anxiety, and um, I had that, and Hannah and I were like, ooh, get behind me, <laughs> we were not going to get a leaf, uh, but I, I'm told that this particular one just wasn't as good as all the rest, so there we go, I'm not uh, having to go at the leaf owners, but I remember thinking, man, if you're not plugged in, if you're not rely, uh, reliable, sorry, uh, frequently being plugged into Jesus, you can run flat, and when you run flat on the side of the road, it's not a great place to run flat. I'm also reminded that sometimes we need a bit of a revamp of our batteries. That leaf needed a revamp. Now, I know that's expensive, but sometimes we need to, say, go to counseling. We need a bit of a revamp. We need some pastoral care. We need some prayer ministry to do a bit of a revamp of our batteries. So, number one, a resilient Christian going through life through all of the struggles is that they are connected to God. Seems pretty simple, right? Okay. Number two, a resilient Christian knows their place. Like, oh, Pastor Dre, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I love hearing stories of people that know who they are, know who Christ is, and know that God has put them where they are. Because amazing stuff happens when you hear those testimonies. You hear people that go, oh, I'm serving in this place. I'm serving Jesus as uh, an electrician. I'm serving Jesus uh, as a dairy farm worker. I'm serving Jesus. And those people that really know that they are called to be a marketplace minister. And so a resilient Christian knows their place. It's in the world, but not necessarily of the world. You're there, you're with everybody, and you're not necessarily the same. Here's this verse in Romans that says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. There's a pattern. Be different. Don't conform to it. Uh, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and then you will be able to test and prove what's good. We are called to be resilient. What we need to do is we need to know our place and not be afraid of the place that we're in. Not be afraid of where God has put us, but rather go, God has put me here. God doesn't make mistakes. And if I'm here and God's got me here, God's got me here for a purpose. A resilient Christian knows their place. A resilient Christian isn't set by the tone of the culture. They set the tone. They set the culture. Now, you might be sitting here going, well, that's easy to say, and I know it's easy to say, but I want to encourage everyone here, your families, in your workplace, wherever you are, you can actually set the culture. You can by praying 
by uplifting, by encouraging, by holding a standard of confidentiality, by holding a standard of honoring those around you, you can actually create a culture where you are. Do you know that? Do you believe that? You can. And God calls you to. A resilient Christian knows their place because they know their why. I might be doing whatever, but my why stays the same. The where might change. Has anyone ever had their where change? That gets changed. But often the why will stay the same. You need to know, we need to know our why. Why do I exist? I exist to disciple. I exist to encourage, me personally, and I exist to create an environment where others can create environments for others that can create environments for others and others and others to meet, reach, learn about Jesus. That's mine. You might be standing out and you're going, I'm so different. But you know what starts to happen over time? This little light of mine. Okay, well, I won't do that anymore to you. You're like, how's the sermon? You're like, the pastor sang again. Oh my gosh. Um, you can stand out. Don't let the culture influence you, influence the culture. I want to challenge you that you can go into your workplace, go, you know what, start with a little conversation. I remember, I hope this is okay, Hannah, uh, in her workplace um, in the past, what's happened is, you know, some people get around, they start talking around the water cooler, they start ripping people out a little bit. Did you know that Jenny, did you see Jenny's shoes? Oh my gosh, did you see Jenny's shoes? Wow. Oh, no, 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 that Jenny. Oh, let's call her Horatio. <laughs> See, this is why I pick a name like Horatio, because otherwise I, I randomly say a name. And I, Jenny's shoes are beautiful. I'm not having to go at Jenny's shoes. Did you see Horatio's dirty missing leaf? Oh, my gosh. Did you see that? Wow. Uh, and that sometimes happens. And what Hannah said is for her was just it started with not getting involved in the conversation, not getting pulled in, and then the next step was simply um, changing the subject. And then the next step, after a period of time, was actually maybe even calling it out. Being like, well, let's not you know, bag them. Let's talk about it. Uh, and it was just a very slow process. And she's awesome at it now. I want to encourage my wife that she's fantastic at that. In an environment where the culture was trying to set itself, she was able to change it. Number three, a resilient Christian uh, is more concerned about being relationally loving than being relationally right. Here's my caveat for those who are about to take a deep breath. I'm saying relationally. I'm not saying theologically. Okay. I'm not saying, well, as long as you're loving whatever you want to do, that's not what I'm saying. That's why I've got the word relational in there. And what I mean by that is in a relationship with someone, in, in a friendship, in a parent relationship, whatever it is, um, I believe that a resilient Christian is more concerned about being loving. Here's the thing. You can still be right and loving, okay? But sometimes you can be right the wrong way. You know what I mean? You can be right the wrong way. It's that, like that picture I've talked about that say there's a whole family um, who have uh, escaped a, um, a horrible situation through a desert. You know, a, a husband and wife and like four kids. They've come through the desert the whole day. And they, what are they desperate for? Water. And then you come out with your fire hydrant and go, you want water? Here you go. You're probably going to kill them. But did they need water? Yes. And did you give them water? Yes. But there is a wrong way to do something sometimes, even if it's the right thing. 
I think sometimes we need to take a moment and go, am I just trying to be right? Or am I actually trying to be loving in that mode of being right? And do I need to be right? How many people feel good when you're right? Come on, that's a lot. How many people feel good when you're right? I see that hand, good. (laughs) You're right, yes. Hello to those at home, by the way. We haven't had a chance to say hello. Okay. Um, First Peter, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Point number four, a resilient Christian conquers offense. Offense will come. Anyone here not ever been offended? I could say something. No. <laughs> offense comes. And if I was feeling more strong today, I'd get Lyndon to jump on my back with a sign on his head that says offense. And I'd be like this, because I'm not very strong, not because he's heavy. Conrad, oh yeah, my knee. Otherwise, I would get Conrad to do it. Ah, no. <laughs> oh, you mean me jump on Conrad's back? I thought him jumping on my back. I was like, woof, we're going to need some prayer for offense if that happened. <laughs> So don't let offense stick to you. Sometimes you walk around and you suddenly realize, oh, there's something on my back here. I'm offended about something. What we need to do as resilient Christians is pause, acknowledge, and identify that offense has come, and then take it off and let it down. It's okay to notice you're offended. It's not okay to go, it's mine, I'm going to keep it on my back. That's my badge, Look. I've been offended. No, a resilient Christian is someone who has the ability to let it go. We conquer offense. It can be difficult, but it is doable. God, a good sense makes, this, makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Man, we need to be better at overlooking an offense. There's stuff that people say that they really don't mean, or there's something they didn't say, and you, you could be offended about it, but... You're not. You're not. I remember a couple of years ago. How many people know that sometimes someone says something just just off the bat, and that like impacts your life? This is what happened for me. Lyndon doesn't know this, but we were in a situation once where he was talking to somebody who was grumbling about everything. Now, this particular person, they grumbled about literally everything in their life. Everything that was going on for them, they were grumbling about. And was having a bit of a grumble about me along with everything else. And Lyndon said something which I thought was awesome. He said, do you know what? He said, I don't know if Dre's made mistakes. Clearly I have. But he said, I don't know if Dre's made mistakes. Do you know why? Because I'm not looking for them. (laughs) Overlook an offense. If I do something dumb, when I do something dumb, Lyndon doesn't go, excellent, I've got a point. Right, I'm going to put that on my point. I'm sure Lyndon's little voice, I don't know why it's doing this, his little voice in his head goes, I don't think Dre really meant that. He loves you. He, he actually is for you, and if he said that, he didn't really mean it because I actually know that we have relational equity, and he's flipping awesome, and he loves me, and he thinks I'm awesome. We're all good. You don't even need to bring it up because I know that love covers a multitude of sins. Is that what's happening in your brain? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Can we just be a little bit more willing to go, you know what? The little things, I'm not going to go chasing after everything. I know they're for me. I know they're for me. Who here ever says something and it comes out the wrong way and you didn't really mean it? Yes. Who just point? I saw that. Owen, you. 
Sorry, I had to call you out on that one. He was like, that's you, babe. That's you. <laughs> Love you guys. Point number four, sorry, number four. To counter offense, we must perpetually place ourselves in a position of forgiveness. I'm forgive. I'll forgive. Now, is there a boundary to this? Yes, absolutely. You know, you, you don't want to, if someone is just annihilating you on a daily basis, that's not what I'm talking about. But if in general relationship, we should position ourselves to be like, yeah, man, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. A resilient Christian is someone that can conquer offense quickly. Point number five, we only have six, is a resilient Christian is built through trials. As you go through something, you get stronger. As you go through a challenge, there's a refining. There's an ability to grow through it. I don't know if this is true. Is this an old wives' tale where they say, you know, a scar heals stronger? Is that true? Let's just say it's true. A scar heals stronger. There you go. You heard it from the front, so it's got to be true. Uh, um, but when, you, when you're scarred, um, it, it's, it's kind of like a testimony too, right? A resilient Christian is built through trials. Five, uh, Peter 5 verse 10. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under the trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. God has promised to those who love him. See, a resilient Christian is built through trials, and they're covered in scars. Anyone here got a scar or two? Anyone got a physical scar? I don't want to get you up here to show it. It's okay. But remember that scars are just a testimony that you made it. You've survived. Do you know, I went through, and I counted all the, scar, uh, uh, all the stitches I've had. Um, now, I am cheating a little bit, because I have had 16 stitches in each eye. But I counted last night, and I have 87, I've had 87 stitches, which is a lot, but, you know, 16, that's only 32. So I'm covered. I haven't had stitches in years other than my eyes. But there was a season in life where if a firework, firework went off into a crowd, it was me. If a whole bunch of kids fell off a bus, I was the one at the bottom. It was just always me. So I've got a bunch of scars, and guess what? They all tell a story about how I pushed through and how I made it. You are the same. A resilient Christian is built through trials. Trials, sorry, uh, resiliency doesn't just happen. It's not a pill you take and you're like, no, I am resilient. I don't know why that was Arnold. Okay, but, but, but um, you, 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 you're, you don't just suddenly become resilient. It happens over, it happens over time. Time and time and time. Okay. Number six, and the final one for today, is a resilient Christian stands up to be counted. Uh, for those of you who are a little, uh, what's the word, more old school, cover your ears for a second, uh, but uh, I do have some tattoos. And I have a tattoo uh, on my shoulder uh, that says etu. Does anyone know what etu means in te reo Māori? It means stand up. And I got that tattoo because I was in Wairau Motetangata, which is an at-risk youth group. It was the most intense experience of my life, living three years with um, 150 kid youth group and kids in my house and all of the crazy stuff. And they have, they just went through everything that you could possibly ever imagine. And I just realised that I had to stand up, not to just fight against stuff, but to fight for them. Everywhere I could, I needed to stand up and be the best person I could be for them. 
I needed to stand up and say what I needed to say, even when it was difficult. I needed to stand up and be loving and caring, even when I didn't feel it. I needed to stand up and give my time and effort and resources when I was tired. I had to stand up, and I wrote that on my body because it was a season of my life where I realized that actually as Christians, as resilient Christians, we need to sometimes stand up, stand up to be counted. But here's the thing. It's not always just against others because there might be people who be like, yes, let's stand up against those people. Maybe it's not just against people, but maybe it's for people. Right? Sometimes, I, I, you know, over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of, you know, we need to stand up. And I was like, cool, I hear what you're saying, but it's, that's not the full picture. It's actually standing up for others. Putting yourself in the place where you can be a disciple to them. Would you stand up and put your hand up and go, you know what, I'm going to serve at youth group. I'm going to be counted. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be a part of the packing crew. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take my neighbor out and just be a really great neighbor to them. Because I am going to stand up. That's what a resilient Christian does. They have the ability to stand the storm. And what happens, sometimes you wave it like this. Sometimes you get bent, but you're still standing. Can I have the worship team up, please? And can we stand? What I want to do today is, um, oh yeah, Proverbs 31, open your mouth for the mute for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. We need to stand up. Resilience isn't something just suddenly achieved, is it? It's a graft. It's something that we need to work on. Um, And what I want to do today is something a little different. I really prayed and I sought God and I was asking, even today on driving here, I said, for the, the prayer with the kids, I said, Lord, help me to close this the way you want to close it. And I really just got this cool picture of people standing up and praying for each other. Now, some of you are like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is going to be terrifying. So what I'm going to do is something really simple. First, I'm going to give a caveat. If you don't want to pray, you can just really politely say to the person next to you, hey, I'm a bit shy or I've never prayed before. Do you mind if I don't? And the other person's going to go, sure, no worries, brother, all good, or sister, we're okay. But I wanted to make it as easy as possible. I wanted to declare resiliency over us. And I want to make that as simple as possible. So what I'd like you to do is turn awkwardly around and find a person uh, that you could pray for, perhaps someone that you don't even know. But if you do, that's okay. And I'm going to put something up here. And all you have to do is read this. This is nothing special. This is my own thoughts. And if you want to say something different, you can. But I speak strength over my sister in Christ. I declare that through the work of the Holy Spirit, they will pull through. You are with them, Jesus. They do not face the storm alone. Remember, Jesus was in the storm. He was in the boat. Jesus is with you. You, uh, they are resilient to whatever is in front of them, Lord. I pray they have eyes to see what you are teaching them about yourself uh, while they practice resiliency. So all you have to do is we're going to go, let's do that. Now, if you're, again, if you feel uncomfortable, that's okay. Just say, oh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. That's all right. We love you. Everything's okay. Can you find your person? You've got 10 seconds to awkwardly do this. 
and find someone. 10 seconds of, you can do it in threes if you want. You found someone. Okay, here we go. The first time, and I want you to read it out loud. Start now. One person just says, Lord, I speak over my sister or brother. Once they're done, the other person goes. Go, you've got one minute. didn't get time, you can take a photo. Well done. Hey, your homework, if you haven't done it, there were the six points. I wished I had written them concisely now, but we're going to quickly, just to remind you, if you haven't written them down in your calendar on a Thursday or a Tuesday to reflect on this one point, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, Lord, which one do you want me to reflect on if you haven't already done so? So starting from point number six, a resilient Christian is someone that stands up to be counted. Is that your one? Or point number five, there's a lot of slides, is that a resilient Christian is built through trials. Point number four is that a resilient Christian conquers offense. That's a good one. Point number three, a resilient Christian is more concerned about being relationally loving than being relationally right. Point number two is uh, they know their place. We know where we are, that God has placed us there. We know who we are and who we're not. And the first point, again, is that a resilient Christian is powerful because they are plugged into the power source. I pray right now, why don't you close your eyes. Lord, do a work in them. It's not about us, not about me. But Lord, Holy Spirit, do something in the hearts of all of us, myself included. Help us to be a resilient nation of believers in Christ. In your mighty name, Holy Spirit, work on us this week as we think and reflect on one of those points and how it affects us uh, as we outwork it in our lives. Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts, we ask. In your mighty name, everybody says, Amen. Amen.